0: Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Columbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. So glad you are with us today for the Tuesday Three Martini Lunch. We have two good martinis for you today, we're happy to say. We also have a crazy, and we're brought to you today by figs. Never a better time uh, to order some figs for yourself if you've got a medical professional in your family. Or you just want to say thank you to the amazing people doing so much work right now. Listeners of three martini lunch right now can get 15% off for a limited time by going to, wearfigs.com and entering the code martini15 at checkout. So, Jim, let's get to good martini number one. This is from uh, Scott Gottlieb. He's the former commissioner for the Food and Drug Administration. He's now with the American Enterprise Institute. Uh, He retweets, first of all, a guy whose name I'm going to butcher here, but I'm going to try, Farzad Mostashari. Uh, He is the former national coordinator for health IT at the New York City Health Department. This is Mastashari's tweet. He says, New York City emergency room visits continue the downward trajectory through the weekend. I'm hoping we see a blunting of the hospitalization rate soon. We may have turned the corner on infections, though ICU admissions and deaths will not peak for one to two weeks. Then Gottlieb says, more data suggesting that New York could be approaching a peak in new cases. Over the next seven to ten days, they could start, they could peak and start slowly turning the corner. Mitigation is working in New York. And Jim, obviously we're seeing other hot spots popping up around the country, unfortunately, but New York seems to be the hottest of the hot spots. So if they're at a turning point here, that's encouraging news for everyone else.
1: Yeah. Um, I think at a time like this we are we're you know desperately uh, hungry for any kind of good news, any signs of hope or the idea that we are bending the curve. And this is a pretty encouraging one. The other one which I wrote a bit about in the today's morning jolt which jumped out at me was um, there is a company that basically take you can interconnect your your thermometer that you use to take your temperature to the internet. I'm not sure why you'd need to do that. It always <laughs> kind of struck you. The old thermometers always seem to work just fine, but okay, fine. You decide to do that. And it turns out that Kinsa Kinsahelp, which is a company that makes these internet-connected thermometers – Is collecting all of this data and analyzing all of this data as it comes in. Now, Greg, I don't know about you. I always thought that, you know, taking people's personal health information and and looking at it um, through the Internet, I always thought that was the National Security Agency's job. But fine, you know, you know for, for everyone out there who's already using those home devices that are listening to everything you're saying. Um, but basically, they've been also collecting, you know, uh, the temperature rates of everybody in the country and comparing that to past years and past known areas of, of the, the uh, traditional flu years and stuff. And for quite a few days, the numbers are going in the right direction. This is really good news. Uh, now, one of the things I kind of wondered about is whether people using these thermometers, uh, you know, they're sold for the home market. They're probably not being used in hospitals. So you're not probably seeing Kinsa Health thermometers being used on uh, your, your worst cases in a hospital for the coronavirus or something like that. But it's an indicator that social distancing is working. Now, as every, you and I and every single person who's involved in this, uh, in social distancing, and you know Jimmy Fallon trying to do the Tonight Show from his home and all of that, we are all kind of, you know, we, this stinks. Social distancing stinks. Staying at home stinks. But it does appear to be starting to have some of the effect we want it to do. So um, at this point, Greg, I'll take every bit of good news that I can get. And every time the health experts look at this and say, aha, okay, things are getting a little better. We're starting to see the curve bend. Um, I, I want to I hear those updates every single
0: morning. And I think those of us in Virginia are especially glad to see some results here because just yesterday, of course, our bad martini was, okay, uh, everything's going to stay like this until the end of April. It's not going to be pretty, but uh, okay, April 30th, April 30th. And then our august governor, (laughs) Ralph Northam, comes out and says, no, 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 for you people, it's June 10th. So that led to not a lot of positive reactions yesterday. And obviously he could rescind that sooner, but uh, that was kind of a gut punch yesterday. But to know that this is actually working and that hopefully we can uh, rescind these orders uh, weeks ahead of of that kind of a deadline uh, gives us a little bit of hope as well. So that's nice.
1: Yeah. Let's just kind of observe for any government officials who happen to be listening to this. You know, guys, there's nothing wrong with saying we're going to look at it in two weeks and see how things stand then. So I've been been meaning to share this, Greg. There was an episode of 30 Rock where Matt Damon plays an airline pilot. The character, Liz Lemon, asked, what do do pilots know the rest of us don't know? And the message was, 30 minutes is the most amount of time you can tell someone there's a delay before they start getting really angry. So no matter what the circumstance is, they say, "Uh, folks, we're going to be out here on the tarmac for another 30 minutes. Even if they know it's going to be an hour, they just say 30 minutes. You know, give us two week delays. Tell us we got to survive this for another two weeks and probably people will be fine. If it genuinely does require these kinds of rules to be in place until June, um, I think one, you'll see a lot of people ignoring them, disregarding them, saying the heck with this. Um, and also as the weather gets nicer, it's going to be tougher and tougher. But it's worth noting when people say these uh, shelter in place orders, etc., at least here in Virginia, you can go outside your house. You can go for a walk. You can do basic things as long as you're practicing social distancing. The cops are not going to arrest you. They're not going to give you tickets. A lot of this stuff seems like common sense,
0: at least so far in the enforcement levels, Greg. I think it's a little more draconian in DC, which shouldn't surprise a lot of people, but uh, they're actually- Yeah, that's kind of their default setting. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. My
1: understanding is that there's, they're going to be so strict about it, they're going to use the parking enforcement officials. They have no mercy for anyone.
0: (laughs) No, they don't. June 10th is actually, you know, was the last day of school. So basically Ralph Northam saying you're staying inside except for getting out to exercise a little bit until summer vacation. But uh, hopefully, hopefully that uh, gets rolled back uh, if if we start to see better news like this. All right. On to uh, actually our our great sponsor for today. And Jim, there's really no better sponsor to uh, promote today than FIGS uh, because FIGS makes quality medical apparel for our medical professionals. Uh, We know that there's a great need right now for fresh quality products. So FIGS is here at exactly the right time. Everyone's trying to figure out what can we do to do something that's productive and helpful to our medical professionals who are working around the clock right now and putting themselves at risk to this virus. And FIGS is one of the ways that you can do that. We'll talk about some other ways here in our second good martini, but Did you know, for example, that a nurse walks about five miles per shift? And I'm guessing that might be a little higher than that right now. Doctors can work up to 80 hours a week, and that's a little higher than that right now, all on top of devoting themselves to our well-being. And so we think of them as practically superhuman. And lately, they've been uh, giving us reason to be confused about that. And so they should have uh, apparel that looks good, feels good, and helps medical professionals perform at their best, no matter what their day throws at them. And right now, Their days are throwing a lot at them.
1: I was going to say, there's never been a better time to have this as a sponsor of our podcast. And if you're looking for some way to say thank you, if you're looking for some way to say, hey, you're doing an amazing job, you can get them the apparel, you can get them gift cards. There's all kinds of options. Fig scrubs are packed with tons of features and functionality. They created their own fabric that is antimicrobial, which sounds really important right now, anti-wrinkle, moisture-wicking, full of stretch, and ridiculously soft, and pockets, tons of pockets. Some of their styles have more than 10 pockets, which is amazingly useful when you have a stethoscope, pens, a pen light, scissors, tape, alcohol pads, sanitizer, snacks, more snacks, you get the idea.
0: Yeah. Uh, things is quality products. I've talked about this before. Had a chance to try out their socks. Had a chance to try out the Active Wear jacket. Uh, the socks are fantastic. Very comfortable to take long walks in, which is kind of what we're able to do at this point in a lot of different parts of the country. And uh, also the activewear jacket. Uh, it's spring right now. So uh, like here in Virginia over the past couple of days, the temperature can Fluctuate wildly. Yesterday it was, I think, in the 70s. Today it's more in the 50s. And uh, you don't really need a jacket in the 70s, but anywhere from the 40s to the 60s, that active wear jacket does great. It has lots of pockets, like Jim mentioned. Uh, very handy, whether you're in the medical profession or not. And of course, scrubs and, and medical gear is what they do best. I didn't need that, so I didn't try that out. But uh, all, all kinds of fantastic products uh, that you can get for your loved one who's in the field or for that favorite uh, medical professional of yours. So right now, uh, listeners of the Three Martini Lunch are getting 15% off for a limited time. Go to wearfigs.com, that's W-E-A-R-F-I-G-S.com and enter the code martini15martini, the number 15 at checkout. All right, Jim, let's move to our second good martini now. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday, of course, where uh, you've got Johnson & Johnson working on the vaccine. You've got Abbott working on the five-minute test, which apparently it's it's pretty much ready to go now. And now we've got more examples of the private sector really rolling up their sleeves and getting in here. Reuters, Ford Motor Company said Monday it will produce 50,000 ventilators over the next 100 days at a plant in Michigan in cooperation with General Electric's healthcare unit and can then build 30,000 per month as needed to treat patients afflicted with the coronavirus. Also, we're seeing a lot of attention on folks who are converting their plants to work on masks. There was the big dust up yesterday over my pillow, they're trying to crank out 50,000 masks a day. And we're also hearing now that Brooks Brothers, the oldest clothier in the country, uh, is also gearing up to not only produce masks, but also gowns and other things that medical professionals will need. So, uh, Jim, when uh, corporations are, are demonized on the on the campaign trail, a lot of folks don't think about what happens when there are dire emergencies like this. And thankfully, we don't get emergencies this dire too often. But you're seeing the best of the private sector right now on display.
1: Indeed, Greg. I just want to point out that, you know, there's been some talk in the last couple of days, including today's Washington Post, that at some point in the near future, the Centers for Disease Control Prevention are going to recommend to Americans that they start wearing masks. Now, they don't want Americans running out and and getting out the Z95 masks and the other type of equipment that right now, doctors and medical responders and and nurses and everyone involved in treating coronavirus patients, they need this stuff first but at some point the cotton masks might make sense and i don't know about you greg if i'm going to wear a mask i want it to be brooks brothers <laughs> you know match the suit but a little more seriously it's been interesting we've seen this debate over the last week or so about whether the federal government should invoke the defense production act has it is it doing it extensively enough look in a crisis if a government says we need more of this particular uh, product or object you know it absolutely makes sense but I, I don't mind the federal government having a certain amount of reticence about that, not just because of the issues of state power and, and things like that. Um, it's also just a question of General Motors knows what its production lines can do, what it can't do better than the federal government can. And they, they're, I don't like the idea of someone who's in the Department of Commerce, Department of Labor, Department of Health and Human Services, going to a factory and saying, hey, you guys should start making X well, maybe that factory is well suited for X. Maybe there's another one. Maybe it's, you know, that factory line is better suited for creating some other product. Uh, The MyPillow guy is making masks. No one's expecting him to make ventilators. GM is making ventilators. Um, ResMed, which makes CPAP machines, is trying to adjust their stuff. So I kind of want to trust private companies not out of, you know believing that they're better than uh, the rest of us or that they're always inherently altruistic. Although, again, I think in a crisis on the scale of this, most people's first instinct is, what can I do to help? What do you need? Um, I just don't know if I want the government coming in and you know, saying, you do this, you do that, because the government can make mistakes. Government does not know a business's uh, business, so to speak, as well as the business knows its business. That having been said, the the sheer scale of the number of companies that are switching over the production lines to create needed medical equipment right now is absolutely inspiring. I'm glad 3M is getting help. I'm glad that those 3M factories are now working seven days a week. But uh, if we really are going to need masks for every single American, and you're not supposed to wear them too, you know, too frequently, uh, wear them over and over again, we're going to need lots and lots of them. It is great to see the American, uh, the engines of democracy are, are really starting to get revving right now.
0: Exactly. Have you ever seen a candidate's core message blow up in real time like Bernie Sanders has over the past <laughs> month?
1: Big businesses are greedy and selfish and they never do anything to help people.
0: Okay, let's get on to our crazy martini now, Jim. And uh, we're already on to phase four of stimulus, believe it or not. Uh, town Hall here as Congress's dual chamber effort to pass an economic relief for Americans affected by COVID-19 continues with another phase of stimulus relief in talks. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi is considering lifting the state and local tax cap, also known as SALT, state and local tax. Uh, The limit was a key part of the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act and caps the ability to deduct state and local taxes from federal taxes at $10,000. A handful of blue states with high taxes like New York, Connecticut and New Jersey have sued to repeal the SALT cap as the cap affects uh, wealthier filers the most. Chuck Grassley, not happy with this. He says it's a non-starter. Millionaires don't need a new tax break as the federal government spends trillions of dollars to fight a pandemic. So uh, we're already seeing the battle lines drawn here for perhaps trillions more dollars, which may be necessary depending on how long this goes, Jim. But uh, what do you make of Pelosi seeing this as one of our top priorities right now?
1: I think you should be very wary of anyone who's, they believe that the most important thing you can do in response to the coronavirus crisis just happens to be the exact same thing that they were saying before the coronavirus (laughs) crisis. (laughs) At that point, you're starting to think, well, wait a second, is this because of the crisis or because you've always wanted this? It's a rare day, Greg, when you and I, you know, bristle a bit at a proposed tax cut. But the, you know, the, the cap that was put on state and local taxes was not merely a way of, you know, it was, wasn't really primarily designed to let's punish the blue states. But they were looking for ways to counteract all the, the broader uh, tax relief that the tax cut wanted to enact. And, the, you know, the Congress attitude was, like, okay, $10,000. That'll be fine for the vast majority of Americans. And if you're in a jurisdiction where you're going to end up deducting more than $10,000, well, maybe you should be pressuring your state and local governments to lower their tax rates so that you, uh, you you don't get hit quite as hard. out of all the different ways the country needs relief, I am finding it a hard time believing that ah, those property taxes in, in these parts of the country are, are kind of ridiculous. I know that up in New Jersey, yes, real estate prices are very high because real estate prices are very high, property taxes are high, and this is what's keeping this thing going um, uh, you know it, it's if it, this is a particularly uh, I, I would not lead with this argument if i were nancy pelosi obviously she doesn't listen to you or i very much at all um but again this is a probably a perfect example of how ridiculous uh, uh the the proposals in response to the, the virus are people have always what they wa- wanted what they wanted i think by comparison if you looked at conservatives obviously there are some exceptions but you know there are a lot of conservatives who are like well Ordinarily, we believe in limited government. We don't like having lots of government spending, but by and large, just about every Republican other than maybe Massey uh, voted for that uh, or either voted for or, or expressed support of some sense of a $2 trillion recovery bill. You do things in terrible crises that you don't do normally. And oh, by the way, the fact that we need to spend $2 trillion on this relief bill, probably one of several, is one of the reasons you shouldn't run trillion dollar deficits when things are going well but that's an argument for another day and another time. One of the things you're going to see is I think politics kind of has some people broken. And we talked about this a little bit in the last martini there, Greg, where like Bernie Sanders is, you know, Medicare for all is the answer. Medicare for all is the answer. The coronavirus comes along and he's still insisting the same thing. Uh, He's still insisting they go ahead with the debate next month. He's still insisting that the Democratic primary has to continue as is, even though at least last time I checked, if Joe Biden loses every contest from here on out 60 40. He still finishes with enough delegates to win the nomination. Certain people cannot adjust to the times. And this is a, uh uh, an example of that. And it's one of those things where,
0: you know, hey, guys, we have bigger problems right now than the property taxes of folks up in northern New Jersey. Jim, Pelosi's not the only one looking big on phase four. The president is as well. He tweeted out uh, a little before 11 a.m. Eastern time today with interest rates for the United States being at zero. This is the time to do our decades long awaited infrastructure bill. It should be, in all caps, very big and bold, $2 trillion and be focused solely on jobs and rebuilding the once great infrastructure of our country. So Jim, I would hope if we do this, that shovel ready jobs works better than it did last time. But uh, I feel like this would be another magnet for a lot of bad spending.
1: Yeah. Any argument that basically has a subtext of this crisis is why I should get that thing I've always wanted. My, my sons have been saying that because of the coronavirus, they need the new video game. No, <laughs> doesn't work that way, guys. A bad instinct you'll find all over
0: the political spectrum. Jim, you've said several times this month uh, that today's been a long week or this week's been a long year. Uh, a month ago, 31 days ago at this time, Steyer, Buttigieg, and Klobuchar were still running for president. And the last day of February was the South Carolina primary when most people were still thinking uh, Biden might be able to keep his his campaign alive if he wins comfortably. So that's that's how long ago a month was.
1: I. I being a reference to that that, that book, April eighteen sixty five of a month that changed America, do you think at some point maybe we'll look at March twenty twenty, <laughs> you know, the month that changed America, uh, you know, or maybe uh, possibly next year you know, this coming month will be even worse. But the other thing is, Greg, like, doesn't April Fool's Day seem kind of superfluous this year?
0: Yes, it's almost like you know, see the parody sites like the Babylon Bee or the Onion, and and folks say, I, I don't know how you people stay in business because real life is. <laughs> It's almost like a parody right now, so it's going to be hard to I'm not up for wacky pranks this year. No. Sorry. Just not
1: in the mood. Yeah, sorry.
0: Not the time. We did an April Fool's edition one year. That was a lot of fun. but uh, My my all-time favorite was the full-page ad in USA Today where Taco Bell said it had purchased the rights
1: to the Liberty Bell, and it was (laughs) not going to be known as the Liberty Taco Bell. Yeah, something like that I suppose we could live with.
0: Very good. Jim, well, we've made it through March, finally. Good to be with you again today. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Hopefully, even more good news. See you tomorrow, Greg. And I say that because I don't know what tomorrow is. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Columbus Radio America. Uh, thanks again to our excellent sponsor, Figs. Listeners to the Three Martini Lunch can get 15% off for a limited time. Go to wherefigs.com, W-E-A-R-F-I-G-S.com and enter the code martini15, martini, and then the number 15 at checkout and please subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a kind review. Find us on those home devices by saying, play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Have a great day, stay safe, and we'll see you Wednesday on the Three Martini Lunch.